tell you the truth. Peace is less important than righteousness. Wow. Oh, the throne of God is established on righteousness, not on peace. Yeah? People should get this point, too. You will never, let me just tell you, let your wife know, we will not disobey God to make you happy, which was what happened with Eve. And that's why we are where we are today. I found out a lot of times. Let me just say something to you, men. Most women I know, there are a few Jezebels and evil spirits and witches out there, I know. But most Christian women I know, not Christian, most women I know on this earth, number one thing they desire in a man is decisiveness. Mm. They want a man who can lead. So you have to make it clear you are leading. Hello and welcome. This is Kingdom World Radio and the time is Ask Pastor Benki O'Clock. On this program, we get to ask Pastor all sorts of questions, doctrinal questions, questions that pertain to ministry, that deal with our lives. And of course, if you have any clarifications concerning messages you've heard Pastor preach or books that Pastor has written, please send the questions to ask at pastor.ng. Again, ask at pastor.ng. You can also follow this conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the KW Radio. My name is Hope. We'll take a brief break and we'll be back. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Kingdom Word Radio, and the program is Ask Pastor Banky. Pastor Banky is here, and Pastor Banky is none other than Dr. Bankole Olusheno. He's the founder of Kingdom Word Ministries that operates from Enugu, Nigeria. And um, you're welcome, sir. Oh, thank you very <laughs> much. Nice to be here again today. Yes, sir. Uh, so please, dear listener, you can actually follow this conversation on all our socials at the KW Radio. So quickly, Pastor, we're going to the first question, and um, it's, uh, it's from scriptures. It's actually from 1 Kings 12, and the person quoted 15 to 17. It's the story of Rehoboam and the children of Israel. Um, I don't know if you can read it all, but, you know, um, the particular part the people took the question from is... Um, when the Israelites said that they were going to all the, they go, I mean, to your tent to Israel. Yeah, that's when they all rebelled against the house of yes. David, yes. And then the Bible said that Rehoboam had just had few people to now rule over. The question is, does God make people carry out or fall into a planned judgment? Remember the case of Solomon and Rehoboam here, where mm -hmm. God had actually told Solomon originally. So that's the question. Does God make people carry out or fall into planned judgment okay yes the question is um i think i would like to clarify it further for people who are listening yes sir uh, uh, the idea is that solomon in his last days went into idolatry and it wouldn't be corrected many people don't remember that part of solomon's life that he ended very badly mm. and as a result god said he was going to rip the kingdom away from solomon the descendants of Solomon. However, because of David, he couldn't do the whole thing. 
So he said what he would do is that he would take most of the kingdom away from um, Solomon, that's the descendants of Solomon. That's Jeroboam, no, sorry, Rehoboam. All right, Jeroboam was the one that took the other kingdom. Rehoboam took over from his father and he took actions that provoked the people to split. He caused, by his judgment, he caused Israel to break into two. That is the northern ten tribes and then virtually the only other one, Judah, that stayed with um, um, Rehoboam. Of course, Benjamin is part of it, but if you remember, Benjamin is a very small tribe in Israel. So that's why they just call him Judah, because Benjamin is really small. So the question now is that God has planned that judgment. The Jeroboam have a choice, but to fall into it. That is, it's, it's, the question is, is it that Jeroboam can be held, respons Rehoboam. held responsible? Sorry, Rehoboam, thank you. Is that Rehoboam could be held responsible for doing wrong when his wrong actually fulfilled the plan of God? Mm. That's actually a question people ask a lot of times. And, and Paul actually referred to it later in the book of Romans. Now, let me just say something quickly. God is just and is always right. Now, the basic sense of justice is always there with God. That is, he punishes iniquity and he, and he blesses obedience. All right? He blesses faithfulness. So anytime you say anything different from that, there is something hidden that we are not seeing clearly. Okay. Let me give you an example now. I wrote a tract, and I recommend everybody to read the tract titled Predestination. The title can be gotten, um, the tract can be gotten from my website. The address, of course, we know is pastor.ng. Just go to the tract section. You will see the tracts and sermons. Just check on that there. You will see it. Predestination. I explained some of these things inside there. Now, there are a number of ways it works. In that tract, I also explained that, you see, could Peter have betrayed Jesus Christ? Could John have betrayed Jesus? Thomas, could he have betrayed Jesus? The answer, all right, is no. It could not have been Peter. It could not have been Thomas. And I added Thomas because we call him Doubting Thomas. But if you check, Thomas was one of the most zealous followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was one that specifically told them, let us go that we may die with him. When Jesus was coming to um, the house of um, Mary and Martha to raise Lazarus, their brother, from the dead, and they were saying that, don't worry, they want to kill you there. If they find it, they are going to kill you. Thomas was the, when Jesus instead of going, Thomas was the one that said, let us go so that we might die with him. He was very zealous. He was a zealous follower of the Lord. At this point, I'm trying to make. Judas was the one that betrayed Jesus. So we make it look like uh, Jesus, Jesus had to be betrayed. Somebody had to do it. That is true. But the Bible says that if a man cleanses himself of these things, he will be a vessel unto honor, made ready for every good work. Now, the work you are made ready for is what you do. Now, back to the issue of Rehoboam. Did God compel Rehoboam to disobey? No. God chose a disobedient person and made him king. There's a word of difference. God will not make you evil if you were never evil, just so as to fulfill his purpose. However, he will look for an evil person, put him in a position where he will have the opportunity to do the evil that he has always done. And there are many examples in scripture. For example, Jesus said concerning Judas, have I not chosen you 12, yet one of you is a devil? He had not yet betrayed Jesus. 
But the day Jesus chose 12 disciples, God said, you will pick 11 righteous men and one ungodly man. And it was shown by the fact that Judas was a thief. So you see, the lifestyle of Judas did not start when it was time to betray Jesus Christ. It started before he was called into ministry to follow the Lord Jesus. And he was picked by the Spirit deliberately because that was the kind of person that he was. That's what we don't understand sometimes. You know, in predestination, I explained, predestination does not set where you will go. He sets where the path is going. Let me say that again. We are here in Enugu this morning mm. while they're doing this uh, program. Now, the road that goes from here to Port Harcourt was there before I came to Enugu 20-something years ago. They didn't build it before because I came. The road that goes from here to Makodi has been there before I came to Enugu. Yes. The road that goes from here to Onecha has been there since I came. Enugu Foreigner has like four major roads leading out, all right? One goes to Onecha, one to Makodi, one to um, Port Harcourt, the other one to um, Abakliki. Now, if I'm going to Abakliki, it's not where my heart is that matters. It's the road that I'm on. Yeah. If I want to go to the road that, if I, if I set out on the road that goes to Port Harcourt with a desire to go to Abakaliki, I will get to Port Harcourt. Mm-hmm. If I set out on the road that goes to Makodi with a desire to go to Onecha, I will get to Makodi. It is not the thing I want. It's not my character really now. It's the road I'm on. Do you follow my point? Yeah. So this is what happens. God sets a road or several roads in life. Anyone you choose will lead you to that destination. That is what they call predestination. So if somebody chooses a path that leads to evil, he will get to that place. Mm-hmm. Now, back to the issue of Rehoboam. What God does in such cases is that, all right, if Solomon had, let's say, five children, four of them would have listened to the word of the elders. And it is determined by God that this place must break. Those four will not get the throne. What God will do is that, look, I know this boy, he will not listen to advice. He will listen to the young boys. The boys will lead him astray. Rebellion will break out. And then you will hear to your tents, O Israel, what do we have to do with the house of David? That's going to happen. Do you get my point? So all God needs to do is to choose the right person who will do that. Now, that's the first point. Second point, there are times you can delay judgment for a generation. If Rehoboam was the type, maybe God looked and said, okay, this is the only person we are going to use. Now let us assume that it could go anyway. And Rehoboam got there and he determined that, no, I will not follow the, the example, the um, answer of these young boys. I will follow the answer of the elders and do what is right in the sight of God. That judgment is automatically suspended. You must understand that God has time. That judgment is automatically suspended. And then sometimes it's reversed. People don't know that. It can be reversed. How do I know? Go to Nineveh. God said, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. It will be overthrown. And 40 days, what happened? Nothing. Nineveh was established for another whole generation or two. Why? Because after they heard the word, they repented. And after they repented, God relented. That's just the way it works. If you want God to relent concerning judgment, you repent. No matter how determined he appears to be in that judgment, if you can relent, repent within the necessary frame time, what do you call it? Uh, a frame, no, no, no. Yes, now, time frame, yes. 
within the necessary time frame, if you can repent, he will relent. That's just the way God goes. Do you understand? It's only when people don't repent within the necessary time frame. Sometimes they go and repent after the destruction has been determined that cannot be reversed. There was a king like that in Israel. He brought forth a lot of, um, what do you call it, revival. And, you know, he made the nation turn their way. But the Bible says that it was too late. It was too little, too late. And, of course, if you know, it is because the heart of the people has been sold. Even though he did the outward thing, he died and nothing good came out of it. So that's the issue. Did God force Rehoboam to do wrong so that he can fulfill his judgment? The answer is no. But Rehoboam was a wrongdoer who was chosen that God might fulfill his judgment, which he pronounced against the household of Solomon. So it's actually what we we are it's actually in our hands. It is always. It is. Okay. That's why I wrote the book Choices Key to Destiny. And I also recommend that people should please try and get the book and read. Again, it's available free to download on that same west, website, pastor.ng. Yes, it is. Uh, Pastor, you, you mentioned reversal and you mentioned postponement. Is there a difference in reversal of the judgment of God and then postponement of it? The word I use is suspension. Okay, suspension. Yes, yeah, because you see, this is what I mean. If God says Nineveh will be destroyed, and Nineveh was not, the people of Nineveh, they did what, what they did. They repented and they cried to God for mercy. And then in their case, he suspended the judgment. Now, what happens is that for that judgment to come, another generation has to come to activate God's anger. And it actually happened in Nineveh. I think about 100 and something years later, another generation came that forgot who Jonah was. They went that the evil way, and God eventually destroyed the place. When I said reverse, now what I mean is that the judgment was initiated by iniquity. If we sustain righteousness, technically the judgment has been reversed. Okay. Yes, that's it. It's sustaining. See, and people should understand something. In the air, there are judgments that have been issued. The reversal is in your personal life. Mm. The judgment in the air does never go away. God said, as an example, this this um um the leprosy of naman he told yeah. the gehazi we'll stay with you and with your descendants that thing is there forever and who are the descendants of gehazi anybody that will do the works of gehazi you don't have to have his genes just like you and i don't have the genes of abraham but we are descendants of abraham why the works of abraham faith in the word of god that's what we are walking by then we are justified just like abraham was okay. in the same manner if somebody gets on starts doing the work of gehazi yeah he was going to he's going to get the leprosy of naman it's how it will appear as a different story. Okay. That's going to come. All right. So um, I think it's very clear from what Pastor has said that um, our, our choices are really important. Yeah, they are. They most certainly are. What do you choose to do with all the information God has given you? Do you choose to obey the Lord? Yeah. And in choosing to obey the Lord and walk in accordance with the word of the Lord, yes. you actually flee. You know, you, 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 you actually... You, you're just kept safe from all this evil. Yes. Kept safe from hanging and uh, suspended judgments that are flying around. Absolutely. You are kept safe from the suspended and hanging judgments <laughs> that are all over the air. Yeah. Which is true. See, when the Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure? That's what he's talking about. Mm. You see, when you keep your way according to the word of the Lord, there are things you are escaping yes. from. There are things you are being delivered from. There are many troubles out there people don't know. So that's the issue. People don't get the point that it's not as if God is trying to deny anybody your phone and all of that, whether they will catch me or not catch me. You are tapping into judgment. 
if you do evil. Sometimes you don't even know where it began from. Began from. You, you see so a place like um, Israel. Go to the, that Jerusalem now. God said something. Jesus was speaking specifically. He said, the blood of the prophets shed from Abel. Mm. Abel was a few, you know, a few decades after creation. Do you understand? Yeah. He said, all the blood shed from that time until Zachariah the prophet. We were just about maybe 100 years before that, shortly before that. He said, to be brought upon that generation. Blood shed in Jerusalem over thousands of years. Mm. He said, how will it be brought on this generation? He said, they will kill some more prophets. They will persecute my prophets, my apostles. So just evil for a few days brings mm. judgment of a few thousands of years upon one generation. Mm. So don't do evil. You can't go, you just go and do something small. You don't know what you're activating. Yes. That's what they call the fullness of time. Time can be full. What if it's full in your season? Mm. The iniquity of the Amalekites, it was, it was full in a particular generation. Everybody died. So let's be careful. Okay, at this point, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. You're welcome. If you're just joining us, this is Kingdom Word Radio and it is Ask Pastor Mankey. Pastor is here and he's been asking, he's been answering you know, various questions. Please, you can join the conversation on all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the KW Radio. Okay, Pastor, so quickly go to the next question. Someone has written, I was baptized by sprinkling as a baby. Mm -hmm. um, as an adult, I became born again, and yes. I decided to get baptized by immersion. Yes. My husband has refused, saying it does not matter as long as I'm born again, but I feel something is missing. Please advise me, sir. Uh, Refused what? Who refused that to do what? For her to um, get baptized by immersion. He said, so, as long as she's born again, it doesn't. Is matter. it the one that's going to do the immersion? I'm she kind is of the one. And well, so, you know what she's is his the wife? So I, I'm sorry. I think sometimes husbands should be a bit careful. Things like that are not really the kind of things husbands should be giving instruction concerning. That's why I was a bit confused. I thought she went for baptism. Or she's asking the husband that she should get whether he will approve for her to yes, go for ba yes, baptism. By immersion. Well, first I will handle two issues here. Number one, the issue now is should somebody be born again and be baptized? The Bible says clearly yes, and I don't think I will rationalize that away. Okay, um, Paul, you see, he met Jesus on the way. He, gave, he, he was born again. Yet afterwards, after Ananias came, he was baptized. Okay, usually you cannot be baptized actually until you are born again. So, for somebody to say that is a bit one kind that uh, as long as you are born again, the Jesus that gave the instruction, he knew baptism is for those who have accepted him. It's after accepting Jesus that they confirm that with water. So, what does that do? Well, I will not try to answer that now, except that at least the least it will do is to fulfill all righteousness. Okay, mm -hmm. we have done everything we're told to do. Do you understand what yes, I'm saying? Sir. Now, the second issue is that can a man, should a husband give instructions against such a thing? My answer would be, man, please don't do that. In fact, I actually thought the question was about uh, he doesn't want to follow me. I was going to say, you can't follow, we can't force him. <laughs> it's according to his faith. Mm. But I don't think he should go out of his way to oppose 
such a thing. It's not hurting him in any way. Mm. And if he's beginning to, if he's continuing to insist, then I really am wondering what really is his problem. That's all I can say about that. I don't think a man should cross into that bar. Because if that was the case, that means women can never get saved until their husband sign up on it. Mm. But we know that is not true. Yes. Because Paul makes it clear to us there can be men who their wives are born again, but they refuse to be born again. Mm -hmm. And we have known sometimes somebody, a family, they are Muslims, a woman on her own. He goes, she goes for a program, gives her life to Christ. So I don't think the man should do that, all right? And so for that reason, the question really, she didn't ask what she should do concerning baptism. If it's baptism, please, I think you have to seriously think about going ahead to get baptized. But more like, I wish the husband could ask me and I say, bros, that is not one of the things you are supposed to be using your authority for, okay. to oppose somebody who is trying to fulfill an ordinance. It's like saying a woman cannot participate in communion because you, you, you think it doesn't matter. Mm. No, please, I don't think that is right. Okay. Uh, but, Pastor, you, you said, um, I just I think this is just for clarification purposes. Yes. Uh, before Jesus, John was baptizing people. Yes. Um, that was So that was before they were born again, so to speak. So, hey, you know, the baptism um, of John and the baptism of Jesus are two different ones. Okay, two can totally you different. No, let, let me give an example. In Ephesus, Paul got there. Were you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were saved? They said, whatever head of the Holy Spirit said, to what baptism were you baptized? Said, the baptism of John. I said, no. John baptized for, for something else. So, uh -huh. now, the new baptism is into, when people baptize, they, 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 when John baptized, they baptize for repentance alone. Repentance, yes. Now, when we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ. It's a okay. world of difference. So. Okay. Okay. Yes, repentance is part of it, but now the baptism is now into Christ. And Paul made them get baptized again when he got to Ephesus. Let's just check the reference, you know, okay. uh, quickly. So, what I'm referring to is in the book of Acts, chapter 19. All right, if you're going to read it there, he asked them, unto what baptism were you baptized? He said, unto John's baptism. Then Paul explained to them that John baptized unto, that's in verse 4, all right? He said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. Now verse 5 says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So you have to understand, baptism now, in fact, they literally said they were baptized into if you have a Bible that has an, an, uh, other renderings there, like mine does, he said they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what I'm just bringing out is that you see, they were baptized again, even though they had been baptized into the baptism of John. So the baptism of John and that of Jesus are two totally different baptisms. They're not the same at all. Okay. Mm. okay. All right, thank you, sir. Um, so, our next question... In fact, the funny thing is that, you know, the, the, the baptism of Jesus was instituted after his death and resurrection. It may have looked like that of John, but they're not the same thing. Okay. Yes, yes, well, that's after his death and resurrection, actually. Yes. Yes, that's It was true. a new ordinance, totally new. Okay, so someone has said, um, I am a pastor, but I trained as a medical doctor. Um, recently, my wife has been pressurizing me for us to move to Canada for better pay, particularly as some of our friends over there have told us that they need pastors and doctors. I do not feel led to do so, and I have told my wife. 
However, my house has been unbearable since then, and I'm getting frustrated and tired. Please, what do I do, sir? Now, this question is not about emigrating to Canada at all. Hmm. This is about two other things. One, most importantly, a man bearing rule in his own house. Okay. A man being able to take charge. That's what the issue is. It's not about, I don't think I should start answering this question of where should you go to Canada or should you not go to Canada. <laughs> this can be Lagos and Ibadan. Yes. It can be Enugu and Onecha. Mm. It can be moving from here to Rwanda. It can be about schools for the children. It's whether you're able to rule your home or you're not able to rule your home. It's what we are discussing here. All right? First of all, since your wife is not the one asking, I hope she's hearing this, I think it is out of order for you not to be able to let your husband lead. Hmm. I mean, it's totally out of order. You're not even saying, I mean, the kind of questions I answer from people is that my husband does not want to obey God. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? But in your own situation, he does not want to go abroad to go and look for a better life. What am I supposed to do? I think you're very, very out of order as a woman to allow this kind of thing fester in the home. If you brought up the matter, the man said no. Uh -uh. No is no now. Go and relax. Because it's not that you are asking you to obey God. You just want to go and join your friends who, who are painting a picture of, for you of a greener pasture somewhere else, which we all know grass is always greener on the other side. But that is not even the issue of whether the grass is really greener or it is not. The man said, I am not so led. I don't feel that's what God wants us to do. Do you fear God at all as a woman? Hmm. Number two, the man himself. Please, this discussion should not go beyond the um, issue of your bearing your own, uh, rule in your own house. I think you should know how to put your foot down and your foot is down. That's hmm. all I have to say. What are you going to do? You tell the woman to shape up, please. And let her know that you can talk from now to tomorrow. You're not planning your, to change your mind. Okay? Now, when, you see, listen. When you first know some boundaries are not going to be crossed, we cannot say, okay, how do you uh, cope within the boundary? Let me just tell you. How Eve, how Adam fell, was all this carrying face by Eve? <laughs> like, do you get my point? Uh -huh. Because how can, how on earth, because you refuse to emigrate to what your wife believes is a greener pasture, that then there will no peace in the house. Mm. Let me tell you the truth. Peace is less important than righteousness. Wow. Oh, the throne of God is established on righteousness, not on peace. Yeah? People should get this point, though. You will never, let me just tell you, let your wife know, we will not disobey God to make you happy, which was what happened with Eve. And that's where we are, where we are today. I, think, I don't think I have more answers for you. Then. How you are going to cope with her is between the two of you. I don't know how to... Please, be a man. That's what I can tell you. Wow. Be a man. Uh, you know, Pastor, the, we, we, we have a lot of... Um, I, I, want to say, I don't want to say trending, but, you know, the women lead thing um, and churches have actually bought into it. Where yes, foreign churches, especially <laughs> that they're teaching Nigerian Nigeria. Yes, and yeah. they're teaching Nigerian churches where, you know, you, the woman has to... You know, the, the, what she desires, the man has to pay attention and, you know, just for the sake of peace. So the man doesn't want a broken home. He doesn't want his wife to leave him. And you are saying he should bear rule as a man. Yes, he has to. Short of slapping his wife, mm -hmm. what can he do? And a slap, it would even work. You know, so let's not even go there. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not even going to work. It's going to worsen the situation. So I'm not at all in any manner, form or shape advocating violence. Of course okay. not. Because it's not even going to work. You're not dealing with a child here. You can't bend the will of an adult with such a thing. You can bend the will of a little child with a threat of stuff like that, okay? Mm. 
The only thing you can do, I found out a lot of times, let me just say something to you men. Most women I know, there are a few Jezebels and evil spirits and witches out there I know. But most Christian women I know, not Christian, most women I know on this earth, number one thing they desire in a man is decisiveness. They want a man who can lead. So you have to make it clear you are leading. One thing I found out, I've been married for quite a number of years and I've observed other families also. I think it's just a fleshly trait. The women will keep on testing that resolve to lead. Occasionally, they want to lead. You have to periodically keep on reinstating the fact that I know my position in life and in this house. I am the leader. It doesn't mean I'm always right, but I'm the leader. Mm. It doesn't mean I'll never make a mistake. I am the leader. So that is one thing we have to bear in mind. Women live or no, like Americans will say, <laughs> that women live or no women live. Women are actually, they are wired to follow a decisive man. So some of these are just temptations to check whether you are decisive, whether you know what you are doing, whether you are convinced concerning what you are saying. So how should you go about it? Just make sure that you are convinced, you have prayed, and you make it clear. Those early days, my wife said, if I heard her counseling or talking to women at a point in time or some other people, she said that she learned early that crying doesn't work for this guy. <laughs> and I told her that it was not um, laughter that made me make up my mind. Why would crying make me change it? So if you cry without changing the facts, the, the options, giving me new information, why should I just say because you cried that I will not do something that I was not supposed to do? <laughs> she said that she learned very early that this one, Crime does not work with him. I say, yes, because I made my, I mean, the, 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 two plus two plus two is six. Two plus two plus two plus cry doesn't make it eight. <laughs> if you want it to be eight, show me where the other two might be. So I add it to it, and then it becomes eight. And not my husband, I don't like two, and two and two being six. Why can't it just be seven for once? Just because I asked. Oh, girl, you're not a, an Arabic figure. You're not an <laughs> item that I need to add. Cry is not one of those things. Mm -hmm. Now, the point I'm making is that men should learn to, you make reasonable judgment. I'm not saying be rash and be um, impulsive and be stubborn. But then, this man just said now, I'm a pastor. Mm. I'm a doctor. All right? Whether you're a pastor and a, and a doctor, a pastor and a lawyer, pastor and a businessman, pastor and a farmer, it can be anything. The important thing is that whatever you are in life, God called you to be. And the God that called you wants to be in a particular place. If you think you have located that place, you will be falling like Adam fell for Eve if you follow just because your wife is crying. Hmm. Let her know you are decisive. She will fall in love eventually. I say it again. Peace is less important than right. Peace. Wow. Men should please get this point. Don't let anybody blackmail you with a carrying shoulder and carrying face. <laughs> the woman is just testing you. Peace is more you know, is less important than right. I'm not saying be stubborn. Pray. Ask for counsel. Take time out to think. Don't say because my wife is the one that brought it up, it must be wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Mm. But once you have made up your mind, only God should make you change it. Mm. When Abraham followed what Sarah said, they got into trouble. Then there was a time she was right. Sarah said it once, drive out this woman and her son. And Abraham said, I won't make a mistake a second time. First time he said, do this, I did. Second time, now he said, do another one. I will not do. Then Sarah never brought it up again. 
God now went to Abraham and said, what she has said this time around is correct. Go and do as she has said. So until you get superior argument, which is this time around the word of God, please, you can't just pack and go away because frustration is waiting for you where you are going, anywhere you go in disobedience to the express will of God. Don't forget the old prophet. Lied to the wrong prophet. The wrong prophet. And that young prophet died. Mm. The Bible says, but he lied to him. Once God has given you an instruction, nobody should make you change it. Nobody. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, so, well, we've come to the end of this particular episode. And um, I'm sure that our questions have been answered sufficiently well. Uh, if you need more clarification, please feel free to go to pastor.ng. There are lots of books there, lots of sermons, lots of tracts. And um, you can have them for free download. Thank you once again, Pastor. My name is Hope, and um, until next time, the Lord be with you.